0: Hello and welcome everyone to the Almost Awesome Podcast. The only podcast where if you spell it backwards, it's a waste of time. I'm your host Tanner Hirsch, and today we're going to be taking a look at the latest installment of the X-Men movies, Dark Phoenix. Based on the novel Push by Sapphire... Oh, no, wait... Ah, based on the X-Men comic saga of the same name, the story revolves around Jean Grey, who is played by Game of Thrones' Sophie Turner, as she is possessed by a cosmic force known as the Phoenix, and her fellow X-Men have to struggle with whether or not to save their friend or to kill this terrifying new entity. Now, something you've got to know about me before we get too far into this is that I love X-Men. They have always been mine and many other people's favorite superhero team. The diverse cast of characters and their own personal dramas going on at the same time as some of these crazy adventures that they have to deal with, not only being human prejudice, but killer robots, alien empires, and interdimensional TV producers. What I'm saying is that this series is weird and that's why we love it. Now, these movies have had their own levels of quality for the most part, but the series has had some really solid successes with a few stinkers like the third X-Men movie, Last Stand, and unfortunately this movie is a soft remake of that movie. The continuity of these movies makes no sense, with each of the movies after First Class taking place in a different decade of American history, like the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and everyone being apparently as ageless as Wolverine, and the first for three movies being retconned out of existence due to time travel shenanigans, coming into this movie as a fan is already confusing. But that is not this movie's biggest problem. The problem is the rush story, and it being boring. Now, by rushed, I mean that barely five minutes into the movie, after seeing Jean as a little girl cause a car crash that seemingly kills her parents, and Xavier taking her in and ensuring her she's not dangerous, we're thrown into the X-Men being hastily sent on a mission to space to save the Space Shuttle Endeavor after it hits a solar flare during its famous first mission. It wasn't hit by a solar flare during its first mission, but there you go. Now, we don't really have time to see how our main cast is doing, the beginning of their arcs, except for a shoehorn horn dialogue exchange between Mystique and Jean to establish, sorry, establish that they're friends and trust each other even though they never said a word to each other in the last movie. Then the mission itself is confusing. Because apparently the X-Men don't need spacesuits when they're in space, but they do and when, when they need to. And Storm can make weather in space, and I guess uh, Quicksilver can move really fast when there's no gravity. It, There are just these little details that the movie doesn't explain how is possible, and I know in a superhero movie you're supposed to suspend your disbelief, but it just feels lazy. Now, there's this weird pattern in the movie where something cool will happen, and then something dumb, like Cyclops using a mounted gun on the X-Wing that lets him focus his optic blast beam outside the jet. That's awesome. Quicksilver, making a hastily made spacesuit out of duct tape to protect Nightcrawler as he teleports them both inside to save the astronauts, but Quicksilver doesn't need it himself? Dumb. There are some cool moments, but they're met with just as many dumb ones, too. Now, some of the really good moments I actually quite like, um... Like James McAvoy's performance as Xavier and Sophie Turner's as Jean Grey are quite well done with what they're given. But it's juxtaposed with a bunch of bland performances with little to no character development. Nightcrawler just is there to teleport, and he's not even funny like he was in the last one. Storm seems like she might get an arc where she had some growth since the last movie about being misguided by following Apocalypse but that goes nowhere. Quicksilver gets hurt and is not even in the rest of the movie, and you don't even notice he's there. And they totally dropped the whole thing about him being Magneto's son, so I guess that didn't matter. Now, Fastenbender as Magneto is always fun, so it's nice to see him giving it all in, in a performance, but once again, he's out for revenge, which is his default setting until he has a change of heart, like he has in the last few movies. Even when you, they give him cool stuff like starting a family and leaving his past behind him. Or like I said how Quicksilver is his son. But they all drop that from the last movie so it doesn't matter. And now he has a mutant reservation that he's, le- that he's leading now. That was given to him by the US government. Like what's that like? How does that shape the political climate of America, with there being mutant reservations and Native American reservations? What is the current political climate? What does that do? What's that like? Eh, who cares? The movie isn't caring about that. We just came here to see Dark Phoenix lose control and break things. But, now seeing the Phoenix brought to life on the big screen is... Done properly, at least, is great, and the effects to you they use to show her using her powers is cool. And Turner's performance is actually really well done. But now she goes from affectionate yet scared Jean to rage fueled, confident Phoenix, and it's a nice dynamic. But it's honestly lackluster. The thing that made the Dark Phoenix saga so memorable and enduring in the comics was that it spanned dozens of issues over the course of years where we saw what the effects that the Phoenix had on the world, and it still felt in the world of the X-Men today. Trying to jam that much story and significance into a two-hour movie just doesn't do it justice, and in a nutshell, that's the biggest problem with these movies. These characters all deserve to have growth and have to have their own adventures as they were made for in the comics, but You can't expect to get the same characters people love if you don't give them the proper arc. Or any arc at all, please. But most of the movie is just boring. Jean's struggles are undercut by the rushed pace of this movie. Oh, and I almost completely forgot Jessica Chastain is supposed to be the main villain in this movie but her character is a shape-shifting alien that's totally not a scrawl from Captain Marvel that is hunting down the Phoenix Force because she wants the power, but it also destroyed her homeworld, but she doesn't want revenge. Then she's able to get part of the Phoenix Force with no explanation on how she's able to do that. But you honestly don't care because... Her character is devoid of any emotion, and it makes her motivations weak and, again, boring. There's this thinly-veiled theme in the movie that it tries to spell out that Jean's emotions make her weak in the final confrontation with Jessica Chastain's character. But, no, it makes her strong at the end, and she saves the day by becoming the Phoenix Force, like in the comics, but... I guess, but it's just so anticlimactic because of this weird theme that doesn't fit into the movie at all. The whole rest of the film seems to just suggest that blocking trauma instead of confronting it, like what Charles does to Gene, can lead to devastating consequences. Consequences, as normal people call them. But that's actually uh, pretty effective for Xavier's arc in the movie. Now, the movie shows us the X-Men and mutants are more accepted into society. And this newfound fame has gone to Xavier's head. And he starts making more risks with his students. And his own failures start to come back to haunt him. This is very true to the professor in the comics. And pretty consistent with the rest of the movies as well. Where he's kind of not the best dude all the time he makes morally questionable decisions he keeps tons of secrets he's invaded the privacy of his students because he is a psychic and this all accumulates to him retiring at the end of the movie from the school as being headmaster, but He's then offered a place in Magneto's reservation. Which I was like, oh damn, that's just like in the comics. And it works so well for the arcs of both Magneto and Professor Xavier. But that's the only arc in this movie. And it's the only arc that works. And yeah, because James McAvoy and Michael Fassenbender are the top billing actors in this movie. So... All the story development went to them, I guess. The only thing I really got to enjoy in this movie was Cyclops. He is my favorite X-Man and has always been and always will be. But in the past two decades of movies and comics, he's either been brushed aside or killed off in the movies to make way for Hugh Jackman's Wolverine or has made a homicidal dictator in the comics for No reason other than to make Wolverine the leader of the X-Men. My point is that Cyclops gets no love, but in this movie he finally gets to shine. His optic blasts prove to be very useful in most fights, and he even ricochets blasts like in the comics. He even gets to go toe-to-toe with Magneto and is able to hold his own where some of the other mutants fail. We even see him being a competent leader. His relationship with Gene is actually quite sweet and is not part of a stupid love triangle with Wolverine where Scott's the nice guy in the way of the bad boy getting the girl. He's fully capable and a confident character and is much better than when Brian Singer was in charge of this character. Now, I could go on and on about all the things that made this movie bad and how it doesn't work, but at the end of the day, it's just boring and anticlimactic, and the only thing that saved the movie for me was Cyclops, but that's just what made it worth the ticket price for me. That won't be for anyone else. Oh, and, uh, spoiler alert, Mystique dies in this film, but that was already spoiled in the trailer, because jennifer lawrence was as done with this series as we are this movie will be the last of this franchise and will no doubt get rebooted with the fox and disney merger and the only thing that i hope for is that we get a not another x-men movie but a full-on x-men tv show where we can flesh out these characters and these stories that we love so much as for the final film of the series, unlike the Phoenix Force, which was the big bang that created our universe, the series doesn't end with a bang, but with a whimper. And that's honestly disappointing. So that's where I'm going to end today's podcast. Um, I'm going to post, I, I know I've done like a couple movies in a row that were kind of disappointing and not that fun, but um, I'm going to try and post a uh, n- new review uh, in the next couple days, because uh, I saw the movie The Rocket Man, which is actually really good, and uh, I don't think enough people are seeing it, and you should if you love Elton John. So I know that's a weird thing to bring up here, but uh, you know I want to talk about a good movie uh, that I actually really like. And that I think is actually important to pop culture. And that's what this podcast is about. So look out for that. And uh, as always, I'm always working on new stuff. And you'll be seeing those soon. And that's going to wrap it up for today's podcast. And I will see you next time.